0: My middle child, who was two years old when we moved here and is now 21, graduated from college yesterday. Graduated a semester early, which I think is impressive, especially since he had to navigate the pandemic with all its impacts on his academic experience during his college years. He changed majors three times, but found what suited him. He studied, he worked, he achieved, and now he has graduated. But for all of that, when I see him in his increasingly grown-up version of himself with abilities and experiences that he has now accumulated in the years since he left home to go to school, with capabilities, with ideas about what work he'd like to do and the places, to plans to point himself in that direction, for all that, when I see him, I have to confess that in some ways I still see the little boy that I have loved all along. And when I say little, you have to understand, he's six foot seven. <laughs> if there's one tangible thing that cues up those feelings for me, I think it's his dimples. Never mind that he is now taller than me, that has his own ideas, is charting his own way in life. Even now, as a grown man, those dimples make me remember him as the little child he once was and remind me of a lifetime of love. He perhaps wouldn't like me to say that, but what can I do? I see what I see. In fact, one of my favorite pictures of him is a small one I keep on my shelf near my desk in my office. And in the picture, he's just a little guy, and he's giving a full-out, high-wattage grin to someone outside the frame of the picture. He's small enough that he's wearing a little blue onesie, and he has, you know, little boy hair that hasn't come in all the way, and the dimples are there in all their glory. I remember the occasion of that picture, too. We were at a summer outdoor concert in Notaway Park, just down the road from where we were living at the time, near Vienna, Virginia. I pulled a picture out of the frame this past week, and it's dated August of 2002, a year before we moved here, so he is between 15 and 16 months old in the picture. It reminds me, of course, that time goes by. But when it comes to our loved ones, it is not uncommon or even very difficult for us to look at a picture and remember where we were and who we were with and even how we felt at a particular moment. Love has this way of confirming for us the feelings of not only that particular moment, but also all the steps traveled from then to now, from childhood to adulthood. And this is also true, that the children of our memories, even years later, even accomplishments and achievements later, even grown into adults, are forever the children of our memories as well as the children of our hearts. The love we have for them gets locked in from the very first moment that fresh and innocent child of yours, of mine, or your grandchild, or your most special niece or nephew, that child with the beaming baby smile, the already formed and yet still forming personality, the soft skin and seldom withheld tears, the genuine curiosity and the budding eagerness to help, the everyday learning and growing, growth so fast, so amazing, and the need they have for us and the need we have for them, which we didn't even know existed until the very first moment we met them, it all travels with us across time. It remains intense and highly personal. There is no love quite like the love we have for a child the love that we have and hold for the child or children closest to our lives. Love of baby is powerful. I read a story in the news a couple weeks ago that it was at once beautiful and heartbreaking for that very reason, that there's no love quite like the love we have for a child. The story was about a woman who was kidnapped as a baby back in 1971 and had just a few weeks ago been reunited with her family of birth in Fort Worth, Texas. The discovery and reunion was triggered when her father, from whom she had been separated for 51 years, took a home DNA test, and the results showed that he was related to a granddaughter he didn't even know he had. And when they started pursuing the question of how this could be, they quickly realized that the missing link was the missing daughter. When Melissa Highsmith was kidnapped, she was only 21 months old, not much older than my son was in that picture of him in his blue onesie with the big grin on his face, and her family and the authorities turned over every stone and chased every lead trying to find her, but they couldn't. The article said, on many birthdays of his long-ago kidnapped sister, Jeff Highsmith would hold a vigil to remember her. His family gathered this month in Fort Worth, where Melissa Highsmith had disappeared 51 years ago. They sang Happy Birthday and released white balloons as a sign of their continued devotion. The very same day, the family made a stunning discovery that Melissa might be alive and reachable When they found out that she was alive, through the help of a genealogist specializing in such matters, as well as the tools of social media, they were able to discover that she was actually living not that far away from them. And they reached out to her to tell her that they thought they were her family, that she was their beloved daughter, sister. She didn't believe them at first. It was a birthmark on her back that they remembered and that they asked her about that convinced her that these people were for real. So Melissa, who had been called Melanie all these years, was reunited with her parents and then her siblings. This was just a couple of weeks ago. So they were still waiting for direct DNA confirmation, but in their minds, after seeing each other and recognizing the strong family resemblance as well as the immediate feelings of connection that they had, there is no doubt in their minds. The article I read ended this way. Melissa's life without her family of origin wasn't easy. Her sisters said she had a strained relationship with the woman who raised her and left home at age 15. Confronted recently, the woman confirmed knowing that Melissa was a kidnapping victim, one of her sisters said. Now Melissa is adjusting to the fact that she has two parents, four siblings, and countless nieces and nephews who were desperate to find her. She thought she didn't have a lot of family, and she just found out that she has a huge family who loves her and never stopped looking for her, another of her sisters said. Despite living as Melanie for most of her life, Melissa now wants to use her original first name, her sisters said. She wants to spend more time with her mother, with whom she felt an immediate connection, and she wants to redo her wedding to her current husband, her sisters said, so that her father can walk her down the aisle. The story is remarkable in one way. Fifty-one years later, because of a 23andMe DNA test, finding someone who was kidnapped, finding the person, reuniting, trying to capture or recapture some of those things that were denied all those years, that is remarkable. What isn't remarkable is the love. The fact that they never stopped thinking about her, they never stopped loving her, and when she walked through the door, that love proved its powerful, enduring, healing strength. Love starts at the very beginning, and given a chance, it never wavers. Even across years, even without sight of the beloved, it never wavers. A child is born, and something changes in the world. Is it the hearts of the parents that change? For sure. But it is more than that. Every child is a symbol, a sign, a sign. Of love made real, of love in the flesh, of love expected in its presence but unexpected in its blessed intensity and full hearted hopefulness, of love that might be underestimated or not completely understood until it shows up, swaddled in a small blanket, all wrinkled and dependent and beautiful. Love is born whenever a child is born. Think about that. You don't have to be a parent to know what I'm talking about. Think about the last time you held an infant in your arms, your baby, someone else's baby. If there was not a part of you that melted from within, that melted with love, then you were not looking that child in the eyes. The Advent theme for today is love, the fourth theme to follow after peace, hope, and joy. And it is perhaps the hardest in some ways to get your hands on, but at the same time, it is the most elemental theme of all. Love is known and needed by everyone. It is the bedrock of relationship, and it is the best gift of life. In the scripture for today, the word love does not actually show up as the word joy showed up so directly in last week's scripture, for example, but it is there. In the midst of the prophecies about kings and kingdoms, evil plots and military attacks, tests and signs, it is there because of this single phrase. The young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel." We Christians, looking back through the lens of Jesus, which we cannot help but do when we examine Scripture, see this as a prophecy about him, about Jesus. We will make the case that Emmanuel, God with us, must refer to the Son of God who comes to be with us. It's hard not for us to see it in that way because we look for links between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we see in Jesus the presentation of the one the Jews had called the Messiah. But no matter whether this prophecy was intended that way or not, or even for us Jesus believers who would come along so many years later and believe it to be so, a more general and at the same time more evocative truth can be affirmed. And it is this, when the child comes, love comes. When the child comes, love comes. Comes. And the one who carries the child, whether in prophecy or in reality, the one who bears the child carries and bears an expression of God with us because God is love. When the child comes, love comes. In our opening hymn for today, People Look East, I liked that the lyrics kept landing on love. People look east, the time is near of the crowning of the year. Make your house fair as you are able. Trim the hearth and set the table. People look east and sing today. Love, the guest is on the way. Furrows, be glad, though earth is bare. One more seed is planted there. Give up your strength, the seed to nourish. That in course the flower may flourish. People look east and sing today. Love, the rose is on the way. Stars keep watch when night is dim, one more light the bowl shall brim, shining beyond the frosty weather, bright as sun and moon together. People look east and sing today, love the star is on the way. Angels announce with shouts of mirth, him who brings new life to earth. Set every peak and valley humming with the word the Lord is coming. People look east and sing today, love the Lord is on the way. Like I said, I like those lyrics and the way they kept landing on love. Love the guest is on the way. Love the rose is on the way. Love the star is on the way. But for the sake of Scripture and sermon today, I'd like to change the very last one. And I'd like to change it to this. Love the child is on the way. So my verse would go like this. Angels announce with shouts of mirth, him who brings new life to earth. Set every peak and valley humming, that Emmanuel is coming. People look east and sing today, love the child is on the way. If you've got a child who will let you hug or hold him or her for even a moment this week, Be sure to do it. They'll probably squirm away as quick as they can. But for a brief moment, remember, be reminded that when the child comes, love comes. God sends a child. God indeed arrives in child form to be with us for good reason. A child will come with dependence and trust but grow up to offer challenge and comfort. A child will unlock the love that is already in us but in need of confidence to risk and grow. A child will remind us that weakness becomes strength and goodness will never be outgrown. A child whose little hand we hold in that initial stage of ultimate dependence will eventually accompany us, walk with us, and see us through. And in that growing interdependence, we will be reminded that we are for each other and we are not alone. When the child comes, love comes. May God's love come to you this season, tender and innocent, curious and generous, growing and true. Angels announce with shouts of mirth Him who brings new life to earth. Set every peak and valley humming that Emmanuel is coming. People look east and sing today. Love the child is on the way. Amen.